to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash, The Bitch is Back, and Dale Hummel. If it does not kill you, it makes you stronger, excluding your county fair. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Ryan, I've had a good few days a little tired well uh i don't care about your few days i want everybody to know that thank y'all for telling dale and the world that y'all do not want to hear the podcast without me on it i appreciate it the most i love all my adoring fans thank you i'm back and i heard that you were kidnapped Somebody, no. somebody, your mother or somebody called me. About no, that. this and this, this, this is you, and this is a terrible thing. So I know everybody thinks that Sheree is like wonderful and the sweetest woman in the world, and all this yes, other stuff. Yes, whatever. And yes, we, okay. that's all correct. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. So you put up there that I've been kidnapped, and a couple of her friends. Corrections, think- correction. You're, you're. You're taking things out of context. No, I'm not. You wrote that I possibly could have been kidnapped. Or we're on some mission to judge every show in the country. I okay. gave two well, options. Anyway, two options. The first line was, I've been kidnapped. Like Dale in his text messages, nobody reads the whole thing. So then she starts getting calls, and all of these ladies in her community, that whatever, they think that... They're like, Sheree, did he escape or did he have to pay? Y'all have to pay a ransom? Is he okay? Thank you, Dale. Thank you the most. <laughs> that, is, that is the most funny, by the way. Thank you. I really, I, I didn't, really appreciate it. I did not want to put Sheree under any stress, but I, I find it funny you had to deal with it. Does that count? I mean, she doesn't like me being gone anyway. This is a problem as it is. And now she's now got thinking that I could have been kidnapped. It's like, but no. she she does realize you haven't. You were not. She realizes that she. I I don't know if she's firmly convinced that she thinks an incident of kidnapping like probably happened, and we're not telling the truth. <laughs> not that I was actually kidnapped, but maybe I was mugged. Something, somebody, like whatever. I don't know, but. She just doesn't think that Dale would put something like that on social media without there being anything to back it up. That was her exact words. That's reasonable. There you go. Uh That is reasonable. Yeah, I I find entertainment value in it, but I I did not mean to upset your mother. Right. So the Olympics are over. Thank God. All that's done. (laughs) And And we did win. We did win, right? In any direction you look at it, we won. Gold, silver, bronze, overall medal count, we won. And I'm the most happy that Canada beat the shit out of the purple lesbian woman from the United States. So I'm glad we lost. You were okay one. with that one. The most. Megan Rapahoe can go to hell. I am the most okay with the fact that China basically designates these children at birth that you're going to do this and we're going to train you every day of your life and we're still able to beat them. That makes me happy. I don't know. I didn't want. I, I I like the Olympics. I really do. I did not see a single event, not one. No, I saw a little, and it wasn't just because I, I don't know. And I I you heard were kidnapped. That, they weren't let you watch TV when you're. Kidnapped. I heard that Fugate defended Simone Biles on here last week. He did. That, he did make that's that. That's a effort. travesty. That's a travesty. <laughs> 
He was, that, that is was not out of character. the direction that we needed to go. <laughs> I thought that was out of character for him. Ask me, ask me what I did today, right? You sorted a county fair with your daughter. No, that that is not. Yeah, that is that is the key with my daughter. And I I, I didn't think through this, and I and very she, much you have been, should have listened to her in every <laughs> instance. I very much enjoy sorting when I get a chance to sort with Tara, and it's 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 good. It's fun. We 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 went through quite a few hogs today at a wonderful county fair. It's it's the, I guess the if you want to think of about a, a poster child for county fairs and and just the community involved, it just it was it's a really nice county fair. I'm I'm extremely impressed with it. Couldn't be happier with the organization, the people, all those things. But I promise you, a 20 year old daughter out in the ring with you, that has judged enough shows that she's starting to form very strong opinions. It's a challenge, Ryan. I, I, I think it would be about as challenging as sorting with you. And you think that this is a good idea. And I told you it's not because you will lose. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll be something, but it, it, it does. I, I wasn't aware that it slows the process down when you have to confer and discuss. And yeah, it's, it's, well, it, we it's talked good. About I enjoyed that it. On one judge, two judge, three judge more that, that we did that, that is the problem with multiple judges is that I don't think it really slows things down when there's three and there's just a scorecard and you turn it in other than tabulations. But yeah, if, and the fact that you and her didn't agree on everything that probably I'm going to, I'm going to say 95% of the time, but, and it didn't take long to discuss the ones that we, we were talking about, but you know, when we did have that, that topic on one judge two judge three and more i i think it, it did take it did balance things it took me from being so particular about some things that maybe i shouldn't be i shouldn't be that far out on i think it does bring things into balance i, I really do and i i respect her opinion and it, it was good we were able to alternate classes on, on who's talking what it was an enjoyable day I, I very much appreciate having the opportunity to work with her and all of those things so it's good we had the national anthem at the beginning that was wonderful had a nice show over the weekend in Georgia, but I've, I've made a crucial mistake that Ryan has told me you don't do this. I tend to travel all night long. I left Thursday night at, or Friday morning at 1 a.m. to get to Indianapolis to fly to Georgia to judge that day, judge the following day, fly back to Indy for the Indiana State Fair Goat Show and Grand Drive Coliseum, and then when that's over, drive until about 1 in the morning to get to Michigan. I This traveling at night, Ryan, I'm going to change that we're going to adapt i'm going to i'm going to move more to your direction well at least you're coming around on some things but yeah i'm just i'm i'm more out on it i can't i'm, I'm done so to pick up before we move on to whatever but like i just got done judging with brant smith at the ohio state fair at the crossbred guilt show and i had never judged sorted hogs with somebody else and so there was a little mild anxiety going into this beforehand but it could not have gone better. And I think their system, which I judged odd classes, he judged even classes. We both got a kick out of the fact that I got the odd classes. Shocking, shocking. But anyhow, uh, and so how that how it works there is like you just do your thing, and when you get your top five back out there, I either go over to his ring or he comes over to mine. We talk about top five, and then you just keep going, and you do that divisions and overall – and it was great. And we disagreed on two pairs all day. And it wasn't like a, I mean, it was like, we didn't think it was like a second or third, not like that one needs to win and it needs to be fifth. So, but yeah, so I enjoyed it and I thought it was great. And I, that system worked really well. So shout out to Ohio State Fair for that. 
And neither one of us, I mean, we knew each other, but we had never even sorted at a show together. And it just worked out real well. Maybe maybe we'll see more of this. And, and I think that's the best avenue. We talk about the political issues that continue to arise. I think that is our best solution at this point. Well, the political issues are not going real well at the state fairs, from what I understand right now. But no, we'll, no, that's I a think whole other episode, I guess. They're, they're full blown. It is. It it's is. It's not good. Not good. Did you but, get your invitation? What invitation? Not to Cherie's Labor Day party. You uh, did get that, right? Oh uh, yeah, I got that. Uh huh. To the Obama birthday gathering. No, I did not. I was not on the invite list, but they did party it up and just maskless as all get out. No mask. I don't think anybody checks vaccination cards. I'm telling you, just the epitome of hypocrisy. I I get so frustrated with those elitists. They just had a grand old time. Just like the the congresswoman that's spending 50, 60, 70,000 on security, doubling down, saying we need to continue to defund the police. They ask her about her private security. Then she says, well, Basically, she she does that so she can fight for all those other people. She's more important so she can have the security, but not the average person out there. Don't do that. We're the elitist. We can do what we want. You do. The rest of the world does does it differently, and we'll mandate how they do it. Well, I mean, I think she's an idiot for trying to defund police, but like she's spending seventy k on private security a month or whatever a year. I don't even know. But no, a well, month. A, a month. month. Okay. Yeah. So that's whatever. But now I'm not defending Obama at all because, but this is what I want to say. And I, I, do, I do mean this. Like, I think the fact that he had a birthday party to celebrate his 60s, great. I think it's great that he had a big crowd and all his buddies there. And the fact that they were maskless does not bother me at all. And I'm going to say that probably 99% of the people in that crowd were vaccinated. So that I, I really don't have a problem with it, but I do have a problem with hypocrisy on the media standpoint. They don't say a word about that yet. What was their, they're talking about Sturgis and everything, anything else that's going on in a larger gathering. That's a problem. No, Especially I, I from get what elitists. you're saying there, but yeah, I don't, I'm perfectly fine with him having a birthday party or anybody else. That's right. That's let's what I'm not saying. be like, hypocritical about it. Those right. same people that you're were there. You're talking about the mainstream media being hypocritical, but yes. I just want I want it clear that I have I, I have no problem with them getting to do whatever the hell they want to. This is America. And again, I'm going to say that I would think 95 at least percent of those people have been vaccinated. Not that I'm saying the vaccines work or anything else like that. So there's, if you listen to Fauci and the science and whatever else. Don't, there don't put been, those two things together. He is doing there nothing been no to health cover risk, that so. Get with it, like Fauci get could after care it. less. Right, Fauci could care less about the science. He is. I, so I realized deep into that I was that was called sarcasm. That Dale. that man that man needs to be hung. I know for you've treason. been away from me for a week, but that was called sarcasm. I'm a little sensitive when it comes to Fauci. Now I agree. The fact that they can publicize this and talk about how wonderful it is, all this other stuff, and any other event that like is conservative or you know. Republican s then that's terrible. Yeah, that's bullshit. But that's but you know what? It's across everything, not just this. It's in everything, and somehow, somehow they continue to get away with it to a certain degree. Just like and and even here, here's the only time I've seen them kind of turn on themselves a little, and it's because they had no choice. And that's with Cuomo and asking him to resign. Then, but nobody's asking to to resign. Not many. Biden did call for it himself. 
Okay, but do you did you hear the masses of Democrats do it? No, I I I can't say that. I Maybe Biden was the spokesperson for everybody since he's a Democrat and he's the president, and they didn't feel like they had to. But there has not been tweet after tweet after the tweet local... or interview after interview after interview no. of Democrats getting up there saying he's got to go impeach him. He needs to resign. That hasn't happened. I, I would say that the local, the legislators, I, I don't know if they're calling to impeach him. I think the local New York representatives have several of them have, but I don't think it's been a, a countrywide thing or, or not, not to the level that you would expect. And yeah, that's what, that, that's my point. It's not to the level. If this was a Republican or any, no, it would be I way think, worse. I think burned at the stake by now. Right. Literally. And he's not going to resign. They're going to have to kick him out. No, I would, I would agree with that. Which I don't understand it because from what I understood before all these sexual harassment allegations started happening, he was planning on running for president in 2024, not staying governor of New York. I would agree. He was planning on that. I don't think the rest of the world was, was on board with that. Hey, I saw a couple polls back there when everybody was claiming he was the coronavirus savior of the world. And he yeah. was more popular than in the polls than your current president was. How, how'd those nursing homes? work out when he sent COVID positive back again this was a little while ago but I'm just saying he had bigger plans so oh absolutely he clearly is not going to be able to be reelected the governor of New York so why not just resign I I'm with you he's you're right he's not going to period so, I, I I suspect they will impeach him I I don't understand the man's logic he's not reelectable he can't get a higher office now so just go Bye. I don't know. I think he's so delusional. I don't think that's all set in yet. He, but last I heard, I, I've been away from the news completely. So I'm, I'm going to apologize. I'm not as current with the current events as I need to be. But the last thing I heard about him, he's sitting out at his pool with somebody else, just hanging out, having a good day. He, he's, he's delusional at this he point. He literally, I mean, as soon as the New York AG came and said that his contact was unlawful and all this other stuff and all the pieces of evidence and the hundred plus witnesses and all this. And yeah, he did it. We're not going to file charges, but he did it. He like had a rebuttal and said, Nope, I didn't do it. And that was it. Pre-recorded. I believe probably, but like, yes, no, it it was. And like, that was it. (laughs) Bye. I didn't do it. Next. (laughs) No, I, I wow. So Ryan, I'm going to bring up a topic that's not going to be popular with some of our listeners. And I know that's your job. Usually. Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna... I just, before you do that, because I'm sure I'm going to get heated over this probably, but I want to give a shout out, talking about governors, to DeSantis, who is staying strong and telling Biden to basically kiss his ass. But it's, it's my, quite the war of words. My governor today. <clears throat> Careful, he wasn't your governor well, a few months back. Uh, he's my governor now. <laughs> so, okay. uh, Abbott. He signed executive orders and that government entities cannot mandate masks. Local governments cannot limit capacity for any businesses. And public or private entities that receive state funding cannot require consumers to provide proof of vaccination. You're pretty Atta proud boy. of him, aren't you? Attaboy. He's got your vote. He, I'm telling you, I, I didn't think he'd be able to, but... I, I'm I'm proud of him. I think he's going to pull this off again. 
I, I think he will. I, I, I believe that it will happen. I, I would have told you differently in the beginning of this. Oh, I, I agree. But like, it, it's kind of like little kids when they do something wrong and like you slap their hand or like dogs, you know, whatever puppies and you slap <laughs> their hand and that like some people get it right away. And then some, it takes, you know, repetition. He got his hand slapped and he got it. Probably because he doesn't have use of his legs. So you slap his hand, then he that's much left. But I mean, he figured it out <laughs> quick. That's good. I, I hope he I mean at this point, I hope he gets reelected. That would be that would be a good thing for the state of Texas and for the country. Okay, so what are you gonna make me yell at you about now? Okay. And I'm just I, I'm going to be as transparent, as honest as I can be. You know that I initially, Ryan, back when COVID was just kind of in the whispers of what was happening, I researched it day and night trying to find answers, difficult to you find. You slept anything. in a more, hazmat suit. Yes, yeah. more unknown than anything else. Well, I, I feel like I'm back in that situation where, I, and it, was, it hasn't been myself digging for information, but I have, have visited with some of the most intelligent people that I, that I know. I think incredibly intelligent people. Several. He hasn't visited with me about this, so we need to see where I rank on Dylan's <laughs> No, I, I, I've visited, we visit about this all the time. We just don't make it a specific point. So, I, I have a lot of confidence in these these people that I've I've talked to about COVID and the Delta variant, and then we talk about vaccinations. And Ryan and I have been very open and very clear. I was vaccinated at the time that I got the vaccine. It was multifold. I thought, yes, you'd probably need it to travel, but at my stage or my age, I thought there's probably less side effects from the vaccine. Is my best educated guess than there would be from COVID itself and not the initial COVID, but I'm more concerned about long-term effects than the initial issues that, that people have with COVID, not trying to, to take anything away from that. And, and obviously a lot of people lost their lives, but I do worry about long-term heart and lung issues. So I made the choice to get the vaccination for various reasons. My children have not been vaccinated. So I've been discussing this with, with several people that I consider very much leading in their fields in the area of science. I got vaccinated to keep my inheritance and to fly. You thought, but and you still may need it for flying. But yes, I, yeah, because Biden's I called that. for unvaccinated people to be on the no fly list. No, again, it, 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 it may, it may I get am worse. a prophet. I'm like Mr. Okay, Kino. so and Ryan and I have both always been a proponent, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak for Ryan. Lord knows nobody needs to speak for him. With with that said. I believe it's a personal choice, and I think that's how it should be. No question. I'm opposed to some of the mandates. However, Ryan and I talked briefly about this. He said something, I believe, Ryan, you talked about the military being mandated to get the it vaccination. It makes me angry. And it I, makes, and I, it me makes me angry. Any, any of the mandates make me angry. But you know what? We've had this for a long time when children enter kindergarten or eighth grade. There's certain vaccinations that they have to get. I'm yeah, not saying it's the I same. I remember those too, and I hid from but the needles. But. And I just don't remember people fighting back against it. And, and maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't have, maybe because the, the vaccine was created in such a short period of time. Those are some of the things I want to clarify, and I'm going to try to keep this very, very brief. I understand we, and I'm going to say Trump cut the red tape. He did everything possible to make this vaccine happen as quickly as possible. Let's remember that statement. Trump did everything he could to get us Trump is the person that operation warp speed it's all him absolutely now we've got Biden in there the problem that we have I don't want you to make a 
decision over your health, I don't want it to be political. And and let's let's retract on that or let's circle back. If it is political right now, when they're telling me, when Biden's telling me I have to do something, Ryan's made the comment that he wishes maybe he didn't get the vaccine. When you know what? When I hear Biden trying to push it down our throats, I think the same thing. That's, that's I'm not why gonna... I am mad that I got it because it's not – I know Trump was the one that got it done and all this well, stuff. Well, then don't, stuff, don't let him do that to you. This is something that Trump created. If you want to go political – if you want to go political, remember Trump is the one that did this. I do not want you or anybody else to make that decision from a political standpoint. That's stupid. Don't let them drag you into that. And why? how can they claim it at this point when, when initially we've totally flip-flopped? Joe and Camellia, Chameleon didn't want to get the vaccine because no, Trump Camel was associated said she with would it. not take the Trump yes. vaccine. So now they've both had it, obviously. They're promoting it every day. They want everybody to get vaccinated. And I don't care. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. With people encouraging you to get the vaccine, I'm fine with people that don't want to get the vaccine, giving you information. I want to gather as much scientific information as possible about vaccination, not vaccinating, all of those things. And as long as you put some intelligent thought into it, talk to somebody, do some research and make the decision whether you're going to get vaccinated off of something that's logical, not political. This is bullshit that the people in it, and it's in our community. And, and I get it because I do I if I ever think I, sh- I wish I didn't get vaccinated because I hear it coming, pushing it down our throat. I start to question, why are they pushing this so hard? There's something I'm missing. I understand that. Let's block this out. OK, block it out. Don't make it political. If you you think there's more problems with the vaccine for whatever reason, that is great. Do not get it. I understand that. But if you feel like you've done the research and, yeah, you think you're probably in, a, in an age group or a situation or maybe you're more vulnerable to COVID or whatever it may be, then go ahead and get the vaccine. Don't not get it for you're, you're saying you're making a political statement. No one gives a shit whether you got vaccinated or not from a political statement. It's going to change nothing. So please do it for the right reason. Do it for an educated reason. And again, I'm not trying to push you to take it or not take it any of the above. I just don't want it to be political. With that said, We are in the Delta variant. There's one thing. I've talked to intelligent people on both sides. I have very intelligent people say, you're crazy for getting the vaccine. And that makes me nervous because they're way smarter than I am. And I have other people that I consider equally as intelligent saying, this is crazy. If if everybody in this country doesn't get vaccinated as soon as they can, they've lost their mind. And I respect all sides of this. And and it makes it difficult. Can I ask one question on that? So you have people that you value their intelligence on both sides saying you should have, of course, everyone needs to get vaccinated. Other people saying, oh, my God, you're so stupid for doing it. Is there any like are they from both political sides of the world or I'm going to say more on the conservative side? Um, So there are conservatives that have told you that everyone in the country has to be vaccinated or this is still going to be a mess. Absolutely. And I that had one was of these, the point that I wanted to put out. There. Yes. No, I appreciate that, Ryan, because I had a long discussion with a, an old college roommate, a good friend of mine that I consider to be one of the most intelligent people in the world. And he's actively involved in the world of science. He understands it backwards and forwards. And that the, he is what I guess prompted me to do this because we had this long discussion. And I respect his opinion and I respect the other's opinion that say, don't do it. I'm not trying to talk you in or out of it. But I am trying to to make sure you're doing it for a reason other than political reasons, 
because I think partially, hell, I think it's more of a political statement to get the vaccine that Trump allowed us to do this than I do that dumbass Biden's trying to shove it down our throat. So for those reasons, the only thing that every one of them agree on, Ryan, every single one of them say that this Delta variant is so contagious that if you're not vaccinated and even some that are for various reasons or actually have had natural antibody production in their bodies, everybody's going to be exposed to it. And some of them are going to break. Some are going to be asymptomatic. It's going to hit some people pretty hard. I don't know the severity of it relative to the original strain. I don't know how it's going to hit different people. And I do think it'll affect different people differently. But one thing I can tell you that if you are going to be exposed to it, you can, you can try to lock yourself down. You can do whatever you can. But if we look at the true science and how it spread the original variant versus where we're at now, it is going to be impossible to avoid it. So just, just use that. And again, that, that doesn't mean you know to get, need to go get vaccinated. This could be less than a flu. You may not even know you have it. So there's going to be very mild symptoms. But I can promise you, the gentleman that I talked to the other day, there's very people very close to him. One of them just lost their life. And that, that, that makes you rethink things. It's going to hit people differently. We know that. But I can assure you, you are going to be exposed to it. I don't know how hard it's going to hit anybody. And you may not even know you had it. But just remember that the, the reality of these spike proteins in this variant, you're going to be exposed to it, period. Okay, we've taken too long, Ryan. I apologize for that, but I did need to – I feel better about getting that out there. The okay, side. one other thing because it has to do with you, and then we'll move on to the main topic. Your sister, Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice. Yes, that does have a lot. I live in Illinois. I go to Chicago. I Your love sister. Chicago. Yes, I know. Beetlejuice and I, we, we talk daily. Yeah, well – so there was a police officer that was shot and eventually died. But Lori Beetlejuice decides that she needs to go visit this officer while she was in ICU when she was still alive. And two dozen of the Chicago PD turned their backs to her. I think every Chicago police officer in the city should turn their back to her. Yeah, so I was just saying, Beetlejuice is having a low moment. You that might need is, to send her some flowers, a sympathy I, card. You know, we kind of joke about her all the time, Ryan, but I, no joking aside, that lady is incompetent at Whoa. every single level, and she's the I, mayor of a major city. Yeah, this should not be possible. Yeah, I'm not, I don't care what color she is. I don't care what sexual, I don't care any of those things. What I do care about is the fact that she's unintelligent and incompetent. Agreed. Period. Is that all for current events? I I really had no current events, so it got yeah. long for not having any. Yeah. So now on to the main topic, which I don't even know what your main topic was last week. Well, I, I think I I think we, we yeah we just guys we we're kind of winging it, and that's that's not unusual. But I believe we're going to title this a third, a third, and a third. Yes, this is one of my topics because again I don't. So is that a proper title? Yeah, a third, a third, okay. a third. Yeah, and we're talking about, and like this is going to be pretty general, but like. When I was coming up with topics to talk about, I think that most people and it's and I didn't realize the correlation until Dell brought it up, but like in the horse arena, they divide them a third, a third, a third lot. But I, I do think that there is something to that and talking about what body parts of each third are the most important and how they all need to mesh together and all of that in terms of selection, whether you're picking out, you know, little babies or you're out there judging, stuff like that. So 
I thought this was an interesting topic. But. No, I think it's I think it's good, Ryan, and I, I think it's something that I think when we bring this up and, and go into a little bit of detail about it, people think, well, we don't. Why do we need to think about it that way? But I think it's going to open some minds up a little bit. I hope. But you know, Dale I, I, you, is may, wrong you may you may beginning. jump into the you may jump into the form of in function after this because no, you know why the horse people to. use it. Not, no, not going to. Dale is wrong because when we when I brought this topic up. He informed me that the middle third was the most important. Did you, have you ever heard of sarcasm? Wrong. Sarcasm? Have you heard no, of that? I had sarcasm earlier and you didn't catch it. No. <laughs> well, let's let's start at the front end. I don't care what's, I don't even know if it matters what species. No, I, and I don't think we have to go species specific, really, because all those parts are the same. You know what I'm saying? But like, I, in my personal opinion, the most important third is the front third. And there's multiple reasons why. But, I am a firm believer that the shoulder is probably the most important body part on an animal in terms of selection and perhaps also in judging, or at least when, because the shoulder set and how it is laid onto that animal skeleton and it, it affects so many things, even in other thirds or other parts of that animal's body. Uh, that is the reason that I think that the front third is important. And then we all know I like them like, you know, Dale says zoo animal looking. And since the neck and head and chest are in the front third, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to me. So you think that that shoulder, how it's assembled is going to obviously impact everything else. From no, I think it impacts a lot, like a whole so lot. From, so when you're saying that from a, a skeletal, from a soundness standpoint, a movement standpoint, balance, everything. How that shoulder is sloped and angled and assembled on that body, it doesn't only affect movement in terms of the front end. It affects the spine. It affects the balance look. Because when I talk about animals being proportionally correct or being attractive, a lot of times I don't know if I do a good enough job explaining, like, I think when an animal is balanced, everything fits together. It's not just that that's a freaky fronted one that's flat shouldered. I'm talking about for the amount of muscle that that animal has, the bone to foot ratios right, the body ratios the same, all of those things, it all proportions out for that animal. And so like if for instance, if you've got a stout heavy muscled one regardless of what, for that thing to balance in proportion, then the body's shapes need to be more tank-like, in my opinion, to make that all work. But yeah, I think, and I mean, we're getting onto things, but that that, that shoulder set, how it's laid in there, it, it affects way more than structure. It affects movement, structure, and it also is one of those things that, it affects the balance part of that animal in two of the three thirds. So it, it, if I'm hearing you correctly, how that shoulder's laid in, how it's assembled, all of those things correctly. And, 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 and I don't want to, I want to make sure we cover this. Everybody is going to know. I, I don't know that everybody agrees on what the, the correct shoulder assembly is a flat, narrow shoulder, a little wider one that's still tucked in. Well, we can talk about that, but what I want to get at, so you're saying that shoulder, how it's constructed, how it's assembled, is going to affect from things back. Isn't that talking a little bit about form to function? No. 
next. Well, if that shoulder isn't correct, how's the rest of it going to function? How's it tie yeah. in? Uh, I don't even know what you're getting at, but you're wrong. What I'm what I'm getting at is just like what the horse people talk about in 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 their form to function discussions that that shoulder has to be at the right angle, the same angle as our pastor, and everything has to work correctly. And when that does, it allows the rest of the animal to continue to work correctly. So to me, that's that's that shoulder, and not just form to function, not that it's just assembled right. And and I, I think about the shoulder from a form to function in so many different ways that we've got to have it right for him to get out and take that stride off of both ends and starts at the shoulder. I think we have to have it opened up enough that we can, we talk about wanting these round bodied, round ribbed animals. Well, guess what? If we're, if we're only a couple inches wide up there in the chest floor and we got too flat and too narrow of a shoulder, well, guess what? That forerib's probably not going to open wide up. It just, it just doesn't work that way. So I, I look at it in a manner, I want to see it assembled correctly with the right angles. And I want enough, and, and Ryan already talked about it, I want it to be proportional with how much muscle they have. And if they're real muscular, they need to be a little more tank-like. If they're not, then they probably won't be. And that, that makes perfect sense. And they can all balance at different levels of thickness. Would you agree, right. Ryan? They just no, and that, that was what you said it perfect right there. An animal can be balanced at different levels yeah. of muscularity and stuff like that. And that's what I was getting at. But you can't have like a super huge ass one. And then the body is not more protruding or really round and ribbed than what a normal animal would be because it just doesn't look right. It doesn't balance. It doesn't proportion. Not only does it not look right, I'm going to I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to call it unnatural, unethical. Oh, maybe Lord, here we getting go there. Again. Oh. It doesn't work. We've got to be as judges. We got to be a little smarter about that. We got a little bitty, tiny front end and a monster at cartoon ass on one. Guess what, people? That probably wasn't just, that wasn't genetics. That probably wasn't hard work. That was shortcuts. And I'm going to tell you, you need to look at the goats that you raise. <laughs> we, we, I'm, I'm trying to put as much muscle on top in them, but I tell yeah, you what, every you time I put muscle Yeah, but you got freaky little cartoon fronts, and you still got some that no. are stout. Some of the stout ones, though, they're going to have more shoulder than what, what some would want. Maybe what you you would even want. It, it It's all it's I glitter slept one of yours earlier this year, Dale. I went in he, and done that. A, if, that he had a, a big old and he had a big old butt coming in, exactly. but I think his shoulder was correct enough. So I, I think if if we were to compare what my ideal look up in the front end is versus yours, you're probably a little tighter, a little neater. Right. I'll accept a little more shoulder that's laid. I still want it laid in at the point of the shoulder. I want it all smooth and blended together, but it's got to be for me. It's got to allow that front end reach. It's got to allow flexibility in the spine. And I'm glad you brought that spine up because it does. It affects all yeah. of it. And, and I, I'm again, gonna... on the shoulder thing, I think it's more of the angle that it's set in there. Yes, I don't want a big, bulky, clumberous shoulder, but I know that if you're going to have one that has natural muscle and natural stoutness, then yes, there is going to be some of that. It's the old adage, you got to have an uh, engine to pull the caboose, all that. I get all that part of it. And so, no, I don't think that you can have a perfectly flat smooth shoulder and yet then this thing still is like huge ass and all this i get what you're saying but i think the angle that that shoulder is set on and when i talk about that i had somebody at county fairies says you talk about these angles on shoulders and knees like can you explain that to me more i said yeah the more upright that angle that that shoulders laid in there everything gets straighter on that animal's body 
And it's not just the shoulder and knee, it's the spine. It's all of it. So you want it more laid back, sloping, than upright. And when I told him that, he completely got it. But uh, my other part of it is like, and I don't think people talk about this enough, when a shoulder is too low set on the body. I think that's a problem too. I think so. And, and maybe we can clarify this and, and maybe just talking through it will do so. I hear him talking a lot about longer bladed and I, and I get it, but I think sometimes to make them shorter bladed, guess what we have to do? I think Straighten. we're straightening everything up. Yep. So I I mean, I'm not saying that we want a long blade or deep chest or any of those things, but there's a happy compromise in there. Yep. There, there really so- is. And that, that's, that's interesting, Ryan. And, and I'm going to tell you, remember what, when I, when I talk about, Form to function, I always exclude goats. We're aware of that, right? Right, yeah. I'm a hypocrite. It's the biggest hypocritical thing in the history of the world. But I acknowledge (sighs) it. I don't try to pretend any different. So, and But not only in goats, but when I talk about that shoulder, I'm going to talk just a little bit about the front end. And I want everything to function. But if you can put a chest floor, let's say a pig, for example. I can look at right where that chest floor is, right between their front legs. I want to come from that chest floor, and I would like to come straight up and then out for that neck. I don't want that neck coming out anywhere near the base of that chest floor, but put the chest floor as pushed up as we can, go straight up and then jerk that neck out there. Oh, that's that's a cool look for me. I'm I'm in. It doesn't have any function whatsoever, but it sure when we talk about attractive, that's where I'm at with that front end. And I think a lot of people say oh, that's an attractive one and they don't even get the concept that our chest floor is here 3 or 4 inches higher is where the neck comes out. It's right. it's just a concept some people don't think about. And and the other parts of the front third that I think are important is like we're talking about. Uh, and again, I'm going to be one of these people like I can't stand an unattractive head. Like it bothers <laughs> we me. We don't want to go down this road today. It bothers me. And I'm not going to like call out names, but it bothers me on an unattractive head. I did you, did you beat one of my goats down to about fourth in a, in a class at a jackpot show because he had no bad headed head. and bold shouldered. But anyway, next. Um, yeah. <laughs> now so, did, would other judges think that shoulder and heads may be okay? I'm sure they do, but it was in, I was had the microphone that day. So next. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just very thankful. Scotty G judged Indiana, not you today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Go ahead. And so, you're talking about what you're talking about is how that neck set. And yes, I do think they need to be wide in the floor of the chest, all this. But the neck set is a big thing. And like you're talking about, and it's on all animals. And it's like that neck needs to shoot high out of the top side of that shoulder, just like you're talking about. So it's up there from the chest. And the lower that neck set on the body, you're never going to get that look that you want. That upheaded cocky. Because it's just never going to come because it's too low. And so next set is the big thing. Like, I don't care if you're, what you're showing, you can only jerk the head up so high and it's still not going to work. I mean, so next set is, is, is a big deal. Now, the one thing that like a lot of people talk about and sometimes not all times, but the higher that next set gets, then they want to break right there in the shoulder and blade. And that's something that we'll talk about in the next one-third here in a second. But my overall deal for the front one-third is I think the shoulder is the most critical body part there is. I, of course, want them freaky-fronted, good-looking. And they don't have to be freaky-fronted for me. I like it when it's that way, but 
I use lots of animals that are just really good-necked, tight-chested animals all the time. I hate bad-headed ones, and I hate thick necks. And, yeah, so I will own that. Uh, the other one thing that we need to talk on on the front and third is the front feet, toes, whatever the hell you want to call them. Agreed. And and when we we talk about that, there's going to be some differences. And I, we, we, I don't even want to go down the path that, thank God, there was shavings on natural grass today, judging these hogs, because it, it, it makes my life a whole lot better. Put them on a hard surface, and it, I, I get so critical of them because they're so bad. But, yeah, we, we've got to we, – we, we don't even need to approach the topic in hogs and how those front feet are sitting down, but we need to make it right. We don't need them too straight pasturing. We don't need things going the wrong directions. But at the same time, and, and this – Ryan, I don't know if you and I will agree with this – I'm okay if we take those front feet and they aren't perfectly straightforward. If they just turn out ever so slightly, I think that's probably natural. I am that, okay that, with the turning out. Just a little, a not, not a lot. Extent yes. The turning in, I cannot. Yes. I think turning in, you know what turning in does to us? It changes that whole dynamic of that shoulder to where it, exactly. it can't function. Yeah. And I no, don't know I, if it's a problem in the shoulder is why they, I don't know where the problem starts, but it's a snowball effect. Yeah. I, and lots of people that I respect their opinion. They're all like, if they turn out a little bit, that's okay. They're going to stay sound up front. It, you know, I get that. The turning in, I can't handle. I don't think that people, and we'll talk about this on the back there too. I don't think people worry enough about the size of joints, especially like up front. You never hear people talk about the size of that knee joint, and it's a problem a lot of times. See, I don't, I don't know where I'm at on that one. I understand. I, I've seen great big monster jointed cattle that I, I think it's probably not good but i'm i, I have a hard okay. time i have a hard time understanding why the size of that joint is causing issues it's not just, not that people think it's that way i just i don't know mechanically how i'm not i don't care if it's mechanically or not it's ugly there no that's i'm i'm good with that i yeah it's i guess i don't I, I don't think there's a Unless it's a swollen joint or something like that, I, I don't know. And these we talk about coarse joints and stuff. I'm good with talking about that from okay, a, but you're from talking about swollen joints standpoint. How many times have you seen one of them big old front knee jointed, ugly jointed ones that the cocks weren't puffed out? Never. No, I I agree. No, that that usually correlates to it. I yep. don't. I'm, what I'm saying is I don't understand right. why the bigger joints correlates to some of those things. So the other thing, when, when, we, when we, I can just envision cattle, hogs, maybe not as much sheep and goats, but think about when there's, there's one of them getting out on the move, whether it's in the pasture or whatever, and they reach up and take that step, and then they, they're, they're pulling back and the other leg's going up to take that step. And as they lift up that right front leg, you can see that pastern flex up and that hoof is going to the back before they flick up and, and go forward. And kind of like a horse maybe is, is easier to picture it. And I don't know if I'm describing the right picture or or getting that visual out there. But when I can see those joints function and move like that, which you don't get to see in very many livestock, I I am so excited to, to see something that sound footed, that good jointed, just get out there and float. And yep. that the fact that you, you talk about that high neck set and that high head and get cocky alert appearance, I kind of call it that show pony look where they can mm-hmm. jerk that head and neck up and just go. And it's just an arrogance about them, a show ring presence. That's you can't, you can't really duplicate that in any other manner. So it, it's cool. Ryan, take us, take us into the middle third and, and you, you already made a comment. So I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a question to try to help educate myself. Mm-hmm. You said sometimes if that shoulder isn't right, or sometimes when we go real high headed, 
we get a little weak behind the shoulder or broken behind the shoulder. Did you mention that? Yes. Explain it. What I say a lot on the mic is that this animal isn't as seamless coming out of their shoulder or blade into their forerib body wall and spine. And that can mean a lot of different things, but then I'll break it down. Like a lot of times they will break right there behind the shoulder into the spine. There's just a break there. It's not strong enough. That's a problem. If they're super tight in terms of their forerib. And I think, and I try to do this. I try to bring this out every time. Just because an animal is tight in their forearm doesn't mean they're bad shouldered. And like, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I'm, I'm, there are there are times where it's both, but I've seen a lot a lot of animals that they're just too tight right there in their forearm, but their shoulder is more than acceptable. I guess is what I'm saying. Yep. And you know, so, you know why you're seeing that that break or whatever? You you like these? I, I mean, you and I I think are on the absolute same page. These high headed cool ones. I, I I'm not saying we I'm going to place things solely on that, but when it comes with the, well, the rest I of it in the package, I don't place it solely on that either. <laughs> no, freak. I'm just I'm just making that point that I love it. I'm a sucker for it. But guess what? And I fight with it on a daily basis in these goats, and and because of that, I've I've broken it down to the point that I I I feel very comfortable with it. Think about Arabian horses. Think about any horses. The best necked, high-headed horses, guess where their withers are? Yep. The withers come right up. When you pull that neck all the way to the top, the withers have, they don't have any choice. The withers have to come up, and the withers are going to be a little bit higher than you want. So that when we talk about them being broken behind their top, it's just another way of saying this one's a little high withered. And, and that's just the only way you can make it. But very few of them can you jerk that head and neck up there where you want it without bringing those withers up. And when you do it, you're going to get a little easier, a little funky behind those withers because it doesn't. I'm not saying there's a form to function problem with it. I'm saying it's just not attractive like Ryan's talking right. about. Seamless out of that that shoulder into that top line and forehead. But when you jerk that head and neck up there, that's what happens. Our withers come up. So I spend countless hours thinking about how we can continue to push these withers down and still keep the head and neck in that arrogant show pony type position. I'm I'm not saying there aren't exceptions, but it's physically very, very difficult to do from a mechanical standpoint. No, I I agree. And that's why I, when I talked about the angle that the head and neck is set on there, that happens when it gets, the higher it gets, then sometimes it's going to break. And that, that is part of it. But uh, I just don't. I I I see a lot of people correlate fore rib and shoulder being the same thing, and I just want to clear that up. That I do think that there are animals that are perfectly fine in terms of their shoulder, but they're too tight in their fore rib. But no, that that makes perfect sense. I want to talk about that middle section and, and take off of what you're saying right there, because when I think about this, and again, this this has no functional practicality that I'm aware of. Maybe it does. Maybe our listeners will will correct me. But we talk about the, I love round-bodied livestock. I love round-ribbed livestock. That doesn't just happen in Mother Nature. To get that shallow chest floor in, in these lambs and goats, and I'm not saying by any means in cattle, but let's talk about lambs and goats. When we push that chest floor up, doesn't it just think about that skeleton, that rib cage, Ryan? Guess what we do to that rib cage? We round everything up, don't we? Yep. And it makes perfect sense. We drop that chest floor. We make them flatter-sided. And that's just unique livestock that are hard to make and hard to breed for. I don't, I really do not believe, we used to talk about hogs, we wanted more curvature of the ribs so the sows can get up and down the crates. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that it didn't help, 
but but the the little bit of rib shape we're actually changing i don't know that it has that functional purpose but i'll right. tell you what i am a sucker for a round ribbed one and i also like them opened up in that four rib and i promise you as narrow as what we want the chest floors and these these front ends on a lot of the market lambs a lot of the people sorting them you better not expect much four rib because you can't have a chest floor a couple inches wide and come into a great big old four rib it just it's impossible it right. doesn't work that way so no, I'm 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 excited about this. I love rib shape. I, I don't see any practicality to it, but it sure is cool. I, and I'm interested to get your take on this because we've never talked about this. But like, so I when I'm evaluating them, I love round ones too, and I think it's a cool look and all this other stuff. I guess I am probably harsher on body depth. Than I am roundness of rib because I agree with you. The roundness of rib comes in elite, elite livestock. The the things that we're talking about. I think that body depth, while it probably doesn't, I don't know if it serves any form to function purpose or anything, but I can see animals proportion out a lot better if their depth of their side and their flank is right compared to one that's too cylindrical and the roundness of rib doesn't come in as much to play to me in that area, in the proportion area. I I would agree. I would agree with that. I want to see proportional. I think, I mean, from a, from a functional standpoint, probably the more body, the better in terms of heart, lung capacity, rumen capacity, all those things. But I'm not, I'm not even going to go down that path, but in the show livestock, it just needs to be proportional but I think the other the other positive by pushing the chest floor up, maybe rounding that rib up ever so slightly, when judges grab a hold of that rack, and 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 really what we're doing is we're talking about that that loin eye muscle as it transitions into the rib, we're we're handling for that muscle there. We want more muscle, but guess what else affects that handle? If we've got that round upper rib and you go to put your hands on it, it just feels massive. I'm not saying there's any muscle at the outside of your thumb and the outside of your fingers when you're you're doing that or any. You're not feeling on the edges the actual ribeye, but you're feeling a muscle that maybe lays over that rib cage. But the more upper rib shape, the more massive they're going to feel. And sometimes that they they just refer to it as muscle. We're big topped. I don't care if you call it muscle or what. It's a neat thing to have in the show ring, period. Yeah. And uh, I I am someone that, and I, I get told this a lot. And I I've, before I move on to the spine, I do have to have tell a funny story. So I'm not going to say where or when or who, but. Oh, that would make it more funny. No, I was sorting show this summer. And uh, anyway, standing at the backdrop, getting done, whatever. Great show. Older gentleman walks up to me and he introduces himself and tells me how long he's been in the business. And I knew this was going to go south in a hurry as soon as he told me that he was in production livestock and. Num- made it very clear that number-driven, all this other stuff. is like, yeah, this isn't going to be a good conversation. So anyway, he didn't have any animal at the show, and that's always not a good thing because like, when you're going to be critical on someone, I think you need to have a horse in the race since we're talking about horses a little bit. But anyhow, he informed me, and it wasn't just me. He called us all out. Every he says, all you stupid steer judges. 
Y'all care about all this body depth and all that stuff. And you know, as soon as they go to slaughter, all that's just trash. I was like, yes, sir. I, okay. Uh-huh. And I, he just continued on. And anyway, I was, I did not lose my cool, but I tried to explain my standpoint on why that was important. And he wasn't buying it and I wasn't buying it in him. But yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> so you agreed to disagree better than you and I do sometimes. I just told that man I needed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the spine. That's critical. I'm excited to talk about the spine. And and this is something that a lot of people get on to me about because like I talk about it a lot. And uh I I there are so many things in that spine that affect not again, kind of like shoulder, it doesn't just affect movement, it affects balance. And I think that when you have something that affects multiple things on how that animal is going to be evaluated, you need to pay closer attention to it. And the spine, if it's too loose and it sways and settles, that detracts from the balance. If it's too tight and it arcs and rises, it detracts from the balance. And on both ends of that skeleton, the movement will not be as impeccable or elite as we want to on either end, too loose or too tight. Ryan, we, I enjoy disagreeing with you usually, but it's, it's, you, you've nailed that one in, in my mind. And I'm, I'm glad you talked about that. I don't like it when people come out and say, we have to be perfectly straight in our top line. Well, in general, yes. But when we ha- are perfectly straight, guess what? We're probably just a touch too tight unless it's hair or something else up there making that straight. But in my mind, from the shoulder and that spine back into the hip, ever so slightly, Now I'm not saying we need a weak top one to sway back. No, yeah. like you, that. We're we talking about moderation here. Right. We need a little bit of ease so there is some flexibility. If, that, if you slicked off that calf and it's perfectly straight down that top, we're probably too tight and we, no. can't, we can't function properly. So I, I love that. Now, incredibly, on hogs, we've jerked that tail head up so high i've seen perfectly level hogs somehow that are still flexible it doesn't make sense to me but but it seems to work and i think you're exactly right if we i i will from a from a mobility standpoint ease of movement standpoint i can handle just a tick looser skeleton because i think they'll get out and flex and move better than i can just a little tighter spine and skeleton yeah i'm i am more forgiving on the looseness of the skeleton. And I, and I don't that like, I, am I do tightness. not like, the, I do not like the look of it, but from a mobility standpoint and ease of movement standpoint, it, it obviously goes that direction better. That's kind of the thing on spines and stuff. And I'm not trying to make it short, but like the one thing that we haven't really addressed that's in the middle, of course, is the back. And that's one of the muscular parts. And in, in I, I would say probably in all livestock, that's probably where, if you're going this form to function route, the higher some percentage, cuts. yeah, that oh, bullshit. You, you, what are you talking about? I just think maybe a ribeye steak or a... are cool, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but I knew you were going to bring that up, so I did it. I for wasn't. You. I you're was lying. Not. I was not, but Liar. I like the big back ones. But you know what? We're just in, just for a reality check, real quickly here. 
And I, I talked about this a little bit in the Oh You to Love that I was talking about some carcasses today, Ryan. And oh, hogs bad and, I would. Have. So we. Mm. This, no this, wonder this, Tara was arguing with you. <laughs> I've got a, a funny little, a quick short story on that. Okay, so we're out there and we're at a county fair, Ryan. There's quite a few hogs. There's, they have 10 in every single class. And, and I, it just works for their facility and their ring and all that. So we, we have the show hogs, okay, that come out. They're, they're, they're just very, I mean, they're high. They're, they're great show hogs for a county show, really good show hogs at a state show, and a couple that, that I'd call pretty elite, okay? And we know what they look like. Everybody listening has a pretty good idea. And then we have more of the commercial hogs that will sometimes show up at the county shows that just came out of a commercial operation of some sort, maybe a PIC hybrid type operation, whatever it is. Their tails are probably a quarter to a half inch long, and you just you know they're going to be flat sided. You know they're not going to have that muscular shape and expression. Pretty good topped, really closed up underneath. And my daughter got to be a little prejudiced today. I mean, a short tailed little hog comes in like that. What's she thinking automatically, Ryan? It's uh, going to get beat, probably not going to get along very well. And and there's a little bit to that because that they're not show hogs. But I tell you what, I have to stop and think and say, when I'm talking about those and there's 10 in a class, if I'm talking about eight, nine, and 10, and you can clearly see these are commercial hogs, I don't doubt that those hogs are probably a little younger. They've probably grown a little bit better. They're probably going to fit into that window of acceptability from a muscle and back fat standpoint, perfectly fine. They just don't have the show ring appeal and the balance and the bone and all these things we're talking about, yet they work really well in the industry. So I have a hard time not at least acknowledging where they're at within the industry. And this is okay. These are still good hogs. They're just not what we call show hogs. So almost distinguishing the difference. The I don't know where it is now, but a while back they they did a survey. Where does a person want how big do they want their rib chop to be? at the 12th and 13th rib or the 10th rib, or if we're talking cattle hogs, whatever we're talking about, how big you want that ribeye in cattle, how big that loin eye and hogs and where we're at in the show ring is so far past what the average consumer considers. That's why the I norm. don't think the form to function matters because we're all yeah. over no, we, we, we're, we can say, well, we need them that far to make the average better, but we, it's we're, we're so far beyond what a consumer, I'm not saying they wouldn't buy a monster loin chop or a monster ribeye or something. But we're way, way past where yeah. we're, no, especially in the, in the hogs in terms of muscle, because these ones that, that we talked about that my daughter and I, Tara and I discussed today that we call light muscled and too narrow from behind, they probably fit right in there pretty darn well with where the consumer wants to be. Enough but, of that. Like, no, yeah. But I'm talking about big backs and you talked about handle and all this other stuff earlier. And yeah, that's all cool. But I guess like what? I'm looking for is like, does that animal back come out of the shoulder square? Is it, I mean, yeah, you want it as big as you can make it, but is it square? Is it set in there? Right. And does it, you know, just continue as you move back on that animal to expand and stay, you know, in balance. Those are things that I look And for. transition from one section yeah. to the other. When I, when I, when I, I did a Georgia a, a lamb and goat show in Georgia, and some of those lambs on the top end, when they can transition so seamless from front to rear, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty unique. Do you have anything else about the middle third that I, I, you thought I think, was the most important? No, I think I'm, I'm sure we're forgetting things, and we'll, we'll think of more later, but I— I think I think we're good there. Obviously, in, in market animals, sometimes we'll, we'll touch over the rib there to see where, where they're at in, in terms of fat or something. But 
for the most part, I, I think I think we're good. And now the back one third, which ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people <laughs> think is the most important, and they're wrong. But anyway, go ahead. You can start. You can start the back one third if you'd like. Uh, I mean, of course, in the back, you're gonna have the hip, the ass, the stifle, the back legs, all these things, the tail head, whatever. Uh, I think hips are a huge thing. And the the reason that I think hips are important is because I value structure and integrity. If the hip is not built and assembled and laid in there correctly, it is going to transition into how they move out of their hock and down to the surface. And that's just the truth. I don't that care. is the truth. I hope that, we agree just, on how the assembly the should. I hope we agree on how that assembly should we be. Won't, but that is but anyway, absolute. But that is the truth. It, it just so where where do we need to be from hooks to pins? I just think they need to be level. I don't, I don't think they have to be like get a ruler out and, you know, the little bubble has to be in the middle of green juice or whatever they thing is. But like it needs to be level and square. And it, I think there needs to be some length in that hip because the shorter the hip gets, the rounder it gets. I would agree with that. There's no question the shorter the rounder. Do you think it? You think that's correct from a ability to move around the ring and take that effortless stride, that level hip no, contributes but, to but that. But see, then you don't make sense because I know where you're going to go with this because you're going to say no. It needs I'm to be just round. I'm asking. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I want. I'm asking a question. I think it needs. I think if it is level, I'm not talking straight. I'm saying if it's level, then yes, the hot can come into that body at the right angle and allow that animal to get out and go. Yes, I do believe that. I think from, from how we draw a a skeleton in our mind of a show animal, I think you're absolutely correct. But I also believe in terms of them truly moving that I think if those pins are just a little bit lower set than where the hooks are just a little, I'm not talking about steep, short rumps or anything, but a little bit lower than where the hook bones are. I think that hip assembly, that's a more, natural hip assembly that allows for a a easier more fluent effortless stride i'm not saying that's how we need them to look or what i want them to look like but from a true stride standpoint and ease of mobility i do believe that the level hips take that hip a little bit out of out of place and from there down it affects the movement i'm not saying they don't move well enough but truly to get out effortlessly i believe a little bit of slope into that hip is i think it's natural i think it's something that that just needs to happen to, to get out there and float effortlessly. And I, I don't know. I think the the image we have, Ryan, and I'm with you, I, I want the same image you do as far as that coming out of that shoulder, just big and wide and square and this big white hip. I think what we have in our mind, it is very hard to create. It's not natural to create by any means. And we continue to select for these things and we get closer and closer. But I don't know if the, if that end goal is even achievable because it just doesn't work that way physiologically. And yet, y'all still bash me because I care more about structure than I do how much muscle one has. Because I no, and I, I praise you for that. I love it. No, but and, I, and again, I, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and select breed for or select in a show ring steep hip livestock. But to me, when we level that hip out, I I think that perfectly level hip, and especially when those pins get higher than, than the hook bones, I think we start getting some issues there. Um, not only with that, but just it's just not it's not how it it's not how an animal is meant to function. I think we're making it more difficult. Then tail head or tail setting, whatever you want on on cattle and pigs, and and 
goat. And I mean, I know sheep don't have a tail, but they did at one point. And so like all of the, like, I, I don't know if that affects movement as much as a hip does. I do know it affects balance a lot because if yes. they're too high in their tail head, if they're too high, you know, those things, then it, and I find it like if they're too high in that area and it doesn't just go into that body the way it needs to, or that spine, excuse me, spine body, the way it needs to, it's going to throw off the aesthetic from the side view profile, from the rear view. It's going to throw it off everywhere. And I also think that more times than not, when they're too high, you naturally want to think that they break in their top. I think that's just like, just like the withers when they're higher. Right. That's the illusion. They're going to break there or illusion, whatever it is. No, I, I agree. I think I agree completely with you from an aesthetic standpoint. I do not, I, I do not know. And I haven't thought about it enough. I don't know how it affects the spine and the function. I, have I don't know what's right. I can't right. find anything that, like, I've never come across a situation where I was like, eh, but it, aesthetically, it's not Yes, good. that's 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 an absolute. I'm, I'm with you. I want that to, to blend in there seamlessly. Right. However, I don't know if that's if that's causing more spine issues or less. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think either. It's more, I think it might be. I, 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 I can't answer that. I do when I'm out looking at cattle, especially calves for some reason that are kind of slick haired in the summertime. Generally speaking, I, I think that the heavier muscled calves that tail head usually sets up their higher or gives the illusion of setting up higher. I, I, I don't know why I see that correlation, but in my mind, it's there. And then, of course, you know, talking about hip width of hip and stuff like that. Yeah, we want them to be big hipped and all that. And that's great. And whatever. And I, I like big hipped animals. I do. Uh, I guess I care more about their hip than their quarters. And I, I don't have a reason for that. I just, that's just some more of a priority to me. Uh, I, that, I that, think that, animals naturally funnel into their lower quarters. I think that that's just natural. And so, no, you don't want them light muscled there by any means. But I would, I guess I'm more forgiving on that than I am narrow-hipped ones. I, I get that, and I agree with you, and I think most people are. And it, it bothers me a little bit because we, we do want those pins set wide, and then we and these, and in particularly cattle, we, we see it in all species. Then we funnel down into that stifle region or the quarter or whatever you want to refer to. We do funnel down into that. I like it when they don't, when, when we've got, when we carry that width down, from a muscle standpoint, because it's hard to do and it's unique. And obviously you don't discredit for it. You're just more forgiving the other way. I, yeah, I like those ones that it stays the exact same width all the way through. I just don't think that that happens. Are you saying mother nature doesn't, doesn't build them that way? (laughs) Probably not. Um, just, just checking, just checking. But, and so then, you know, you get there and then, we're on to the hawk and the joint and oh, rare let's pastures. Let's talk about those. And, oh, I don't think we have enough time. I think we need another podcast. I, I want I want to mention when they talk about a proper set to the hawk, that's great. We can draw those angles, and that's not hard to see. But guess what? All of a sudden, we've created animals that are just out of whack. 
And and in the pig ring right now, we've straightened the hocks out enough that they have to get soft-footed or real soft pastern so they can move. They compensate in their pastern because there's zero that's flexibility the in some of their hocks. Zero and, and that's flexibility. In, that's in all stock, though. Yes. They compensate in their pasterns to make up for their hocks. And nobody talks about that shit. But how exciting is it when you actually see a hock that moves when, in, in the cattle ring and you just don't see it? When you see that hock actually flexing like it should be and, and moving, and, and, and I just don't see it very much, and then it, it gets me. But when these pasterns start popping and I can physically hear it as a judge, I, I have a hard time. So I was at a county fair the other day. And in the steer show, they're just and not saying that the quality was bad because it wasn't, but there was not a steer in that fair that suited me structurally, except for one. And that calf was pretty light. I still used that one because he was the only one that suited me structurally. But even after you got him out of the way, you had to give up on something because you have to pick a reserve. You just can't say, well, <laughs> not doing it. And so there were... Three of the ones that were in contention, they all did the snap, crackle, and pop thing on their pasterns. And the, uh, there was another one of the four that were in contention. There were other ones out there, too, but they all had structure problems, too. But th- these were the ones I was deciding for reserve. He was not over on his knee and shoulder, but he was too upright and too stilty. And so I used him reserve because I can handle that more than I can the snap of the pastern. That, that, that's like the... like. Other than being bucked over, the snapping of the pasterns is the death knell for me. It, it's hard for me. And, and I understand sometimes it's stress from the hauling, things like that. I they don't may care. never do it when, they, when we turn them out on pasture I later on dirt. I'm, I judge I'm what's with in the you. ring. I'm with you. And it, it gets me and it gets me bad. And you know what? And maybe I'm wrong, Ryan. When I, when I just in general, I'm going to just take a snapshot of the past 10 years in the cattle ring. And you can even go further back. But I swear there's some judges that either don't care, don't see it, intentionally ignore it. It just they don't talk about it. They just they've got them up in, in as class winners or champions or whatever, and those pasterns are not right. And I don't I don't understand how this isn't an issue. It 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 is for me a lot. And and sometimes you, know, you don't have a choice, like you said at that county show. You you really had very little choices. And and sometimes that's the case, but if I can avoid it, I'm going to avoid it. And no, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I mean, that's the thing. I, I've used a 1,050-pound calf to win, and he was covered, but he's too light, but he's the only sound one, and I still did it. And so, but you still had to pick a reserve. And so that's when, and that's what I talk about when you're talking on the mic. You got to call out those things, whether you like them or not, because you got to know it's there, because in that situation, I was going to have to compromise somewhere regardless, and that was the compromise. I took one that was a little straighter through his shoulder and knee than what I really like to avoid using one that snapped their pastor. But but instead of just pretending like that one was great because you're using it reserve, you taught, you called it out. This is where it's at, but we're still we're still going to go reserve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and I, I can think back to the showdown there when I covered the pigs for you in Iowa a week ago or so when you're doing the state fair. So all these pigs come in. I didn't select them at their county shows. And they come in, and, this, and you can see the front feet pretty well in this, this arena, Ryan. You can imagine how many are coming in with those toes just in those front pasterns all going the wrong direction inward and kind of walking on the outside of those front feet. And I was in a position in, in the breeding guilt show, and, I, and I, I thought it was a good set of hogs, but so many hogs out there have that issue. 
you just you just have to realize let's if the rest of it's all really good you don't have one that's maybe perfect there you you talk about it and you go ahead and run with them and use it but I, it's made me think more and more we've opened these hogs up so much we're so far opened up and so massive and all of these things that we've bred into them you know what ryan when we set that shoulder out as wide as we're setting them you can talk about outside the skeleton whatever you want even the ones that don't look outside their skeleton they're still so wide up front that those front it's there's not really anything else that can happen but those front feet turn in like that that's why we're doing all this hoof trimming and pigs and building feet and putting shoes on them all these things have to happen because we've taken it so far there's no way they can hold up correctly up there guess what all these darn short-tailed hogs we see at the county fairs that are pretty narrow underneath that aren't blown wide open guess how those those front feet work yeah no but issues. they suck everywhere else. they do they do i'm just i'm just I, i'm not i'm not trying to justify anything i'm just saying i think this is the reason we've opened things up so far it's almost physically impossible to set down correctly in those front feet at one area we kind of like we talked about like the movement of hawk but like Puffy hawks, swollen hawks, that's not good. It's it, all it's because just, there's a problem there. Right. That That's just and, a red flag. And I know that's the easiest thing in the world to drain them and all this other stuff. I get that. And so I'm not going to sit there and say that I haven't missed one because somebody drained it before or whatever, all that stuff. But, like, if it's there and it's visible, people, it, it's there for a reason. It's not just like, whoop. <laughs> there, there's trauma and stress going on in that area. That's why it's swollen and inflamed and has fluid on it. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Ryan, did you know that we're getting a little bit long? Yeah. But you told Are me you that ready? we wouldn't be able to talk about this topic. You no, said I, all, this, I, I every, know how long it would every be. <laughs> single topic. No, that, that we won't be able to talk about it long. That'll take two minutes, I tell you. Ryan, we're going to be done in two minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, we haven't even covered topic, our, anything. But, I mean, we have given no. an overview of it all. And so, again... I'm still going to say in closing that the front one third is the most important one third. And that's just all there's to it. That's my opinion. I'm I'm going to, Ryan, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. I I sincerely believe that. And and I can, I can make a justification for all of them, but I'm, I'm kind of with you there. No, I'm 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 not saying you can't justify that. I don't know how you justify the middle other than if you go in form to function saying ribeye spine, maybe, Uh, yeah, but (laughs) it was good. I like that one, Ryan. That was a, Good, good topic. I'm, I'm excited. I hope the listeners enjoy it. as my, I enjoy talking about those things because I, I can throw some ideas out there that I have in the back of my mind that I have no idea if others have thought about or if they think they're crazy, but maybe maybe we'll hear some of those things. It is question and answer time. Did y'all do this have... last week, by the way? Yes, we did two of them. Oh. I don't, I don't, you know, I forget things very quickly, but we kind of had a, a pig one and I don't know which, which side Matt's was on, but it, it, it was good. It was fine. Yeah, it was. They didn't even complain about question and answer. Uh, I yours are going to be so so easy this year or this year. year. We're going to save one. Of, we're gonna, this this week. We're going to save one of those. Uh, we're only going to do two. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Yep. This one I believe comes from Ashley. Now I, I just pulled these up as we were talking, so I, I could be wrong on that one. But I think. Hello, love the podcast. Would like to get your all's opinion on something. Our county fair has a rule that there's no paint or build for market animals. There is nothing stated in the rules that you can't build or paint breeding animals. It just expected no one will do it with breeding stock. 
would you go by the unwritten rule or would you push the gray area and see if you get caught? If it's not in black and white, you're not getting caught. <laughs> but she, she had a statement in there. Would you go by the unwritten rule or would you go ahead and take the chance? And there is the no such area? thing as an unwritten rule in the gays world. I don't believe in them. You're going to have to show it to me in black and white. <laughs> so it's very, I, I knew where this was. Yeah, I, I could, I should have just answered this one for you, but. If it's not written, there is there, no unwritten rule. You show me the rule in black and white. I will play by your rule. There is no unfucking written rule. No, no. So Mm-mm. just just in case you're wondering, Ashley, Ryan would go ahead and build or fit or whatever I, is dude, needed. They on ain't that got end. a rule in black and white. I get a lawyer and tell and them then, to take me out. And then guess what? Next year the rule would be there. There will be a rule. Pushed it into that gray. That's area. right, and that's fine. The next year I'll play by the rules. But that unwritten rules are bullshit, and that is when people get hurt. And you know what I think is equally as, as bothersome? Ones that you can't we, enforce. Yeah, it's when you have a rule in there that either can't be enforced or you just choose not to. That's I crazy. Agree. Don't do it. I just agree. get rid of it. Get I rid agree. of it or enforce it. Yes. Simple. Put everybody Amen. in the same playing field. Amen. Okay. Very, very good. I've got one more question I'm going to try to dig up here. And I, this what? one makes no sense to me, Ryan. None. Oh, God. <laughs> exactly. I may, and maybe it'd be a very short answer because it won't make any sense to you either. Uh, Ryan, we love the podcast. Not not Ryan Dale. Ryan, we love the podcast. Uh huh. Please explain your interesting experience at a county fair in West Virginia. <laughs> I don't even know when you were in West Virginia last. I thought I was in the West Virginia last. No, I was in West Virginia on this last leg, and I had I Got did all it. species. At a county fair, and you, well, I, I told you the story. You'll remember it when I tell it. But so, um, I, I don't remember what day. I think it was like the last day of the fair, but it may have been the next to last day. Anyway, so they have this cool little thing where, like, if you're not show age, they bring all these pigs out and let the little underage kids drive them around, and I go put a medal on them and talk to them on the microphone, all this stuff. So this is after all hog showmanship, hog shows done. And this is at a completely different time. So they bring like eight pigs out of the ring and we bring eight kids out there. They let them drive them. I talk to them all stuff. Well, we're getting ready for this event. And uh, it's West Virginia and it's getting into the later hours of the day. And I had a great time at this county fair. These people, they were organized. They were on it. It was great. Um, I'm standing there and... We're talking about, like, how this is going to work and all this, and they're giving me the medals for the first round. And, again, I don't know if any of y'all have watched that show, The Wild Whites of West Virginia or whatever, but, like, um, so there was a fairgoer that kind of fit that category of life. And so... The the crazy one. Right. Um, And he comes up. Like, right, like, comes up to us. And it's this lady that's running this event, me, and another guy that's going to be in the ring with me with the kids in case the pigs get in a fight or whatever. And he had been helping me all week long. And uh, he said, hey, hey. I said, yes, sir. He says, you've got to take off points on that one hog. It's injured and it's bleeding. And I said, oh, and I didn't even notice that one was bleeding, but one got cut on the way to the ring for this little kid peewee deal. And he was bleeding. I'm not going to, I said, oh, sir, this isn't judged. It's fine. You know, 
I, they'll get it fixed. He probably just got cut on the way up here. But th- this isn't judged. Everybody's a winner. This is just for fun for the little kids. All this other stuff. And he was like, oh, but if you, if you were judging, you'd take off. I was like, sure, because I just was getting a little, I mean, he was clearly not in his right mind. We'll just put it that way. So I'm trying to get him to go away. <laughs> And I look at the lady, and so my my way to handle this is to grab the mic and start so he'll go sit back in the stands or go, you know, get a corn dog or whatever. And I said, can I have a mic? Somehow he translates mic to knife, and he's like, I got one, and he whips out the biggest freaking switchblade in the history of the world, and I think this is it. I'm going to die right here. Like, this is it. This is this is how it goes down. And the guy that's with me, like, he, like, jumps in the middle. And I was like, I said, no, sir, I don't need a knife. I needed the microphone. So it was really, really scary there for about He was just trying seconds. to help. Right. But okay. we didn't know that at the time. Kind of like the kid- kidnapping thing. It right. It may happen. It may not have happened. We We really don't know the truth, do we? No, the truth is I was not kidnapped, Dale. But, um, yeah, so for like 15 seconds, and I wasn't the only one alarmed at this. The other two people were too, but he was trying to help. He just somehow got knife and mic the same. I don't know how that works, but yeah. So it was, it, it was, it was a lot for about 15 seconds, but it was all fine. Got through it. Nobody died. Nobody got injured. Well, Ryan, that, that is a good story. I, I. You I found really it way do... more funny the first time you know I, I I I I just <sighs> find it funny the fact that that you get yourself in those situations somehow. Yeah, I, I you, you it, find you find something affair, like that. Yeah. Every affair something happens to me. You're right. So well, I I appreciate this topic a third a third. This is I have no idea whether listeners are going to like it, Ryan. But this was one of my and more enjoyable episodes. Well, again, when thank you, you for that, that topic. Like me pick good topics. You're good to go. Yeah, that that was really good. I'm going to stay. As you finish out the rest of your week, judging with your beautiful, talented, intelligent, educated, worldly daughter, you you need to listen to Tara. Stubborn daughter. You need to listen to Tara. In all in all seriousness, we we agreed on 99% of it, and it's 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 such a I can't explain. It's a pleasure. I'm very proud of her, and and I when I listen to her, and, and we're talking hogs from first through tenth, and and sometimes it's easy to get repetitive. It's it's a it's it makes me feel really really proud when she's out there talking. I I thoroughly enjoy it. I can kind of make fun of it. I can talk about how stubborn she is, and she does have an opinion. Period. Um, and I I kind of when you're in the ring, Ryan, it's just you just make those decisions quick. You don't question yourself when you have somebody else there that you respect their opinion. It does it does change things a little bit. But we'll talk more about the one judge, two judge, three judge. I think there's something to that. I think it's going to be really interesting, especially after you and I sort a few together. I think we can give a lot more insight to it. Might be fairly entertaining. But Ryan, this was a great topic. I'm going to enjoy my next couple of days here in Michigan with my daughter. And then we head to the Illinois State Fair for a few days. And then I think uh, nothing for a while, I hope. I'm, I'm not sure. Do we go to... I don't know what nothing's like. Don't we Don't we go to... We, we've got our event in Texas this month, though. Yes, we do Boomtown. with a huge announcement. And I'm excited about the trip to Florida Cute. that we get to sort some cattle together, maybe Mississippi. It's it's going to be a good couple months. I, I would like to know what nothing is like, Dale. I don't know. If, I mean, when I say nothing, I just don't have 
I, I don't have anything that I, that just pops yeah. up on my schedule at the, at the I moment. just I'm got sure done with fly. 31 days on the road and I'm going out for 22 more. That's good. That, that is, that is what you're meant to do. I fully approve. There you go. That's all that matters. Well, I'm glad I'm back. So there you I'm go. I'm glad you're back too. If you would have been kidnapped, it would have been a good story. Right. And if you are ever kidnapped, I'm going to try to collect the ransom money for you. Thanks. We'll, we'll get, we'll make it work. Thank you. Until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now, you hear?